Welcome everyone to the latest edition of The Quiver, the official podcast of Apollo Zero. Apollo Zero is your home for everything Orlando Apollos. Whether it's news, stats, or interviews, we've got it all when it comes to your Alliance of American Football team, the Orlando Apollos. Visit us at ApolloZero.com today. I am your host, Adam Susie. With me as always is my co-host, Lindsay Miller. Hi! Got a lot of topics for you this week. We sure do. Not only that, we're going to recap game game two against the San Antonio Commanders, and we're going to go ahead and also give a little bit of a preview of tomorrow's game, game three against the Memphis Express. But first, the news. And there is a lot of news. There's a lot of there's definitely a lot of news this week. But the biggest news of the week, we'll start. We'll go ahead and uh, swing for the fences. Two hundred and fifty million dollar investment by Tom Dundon owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, into the AAF. Oh, no. That just caused a huge panic. Panic, drama, cats and dogs living together. All kinds of craziness took place. Hell froze over. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's been a week for the AAF. Um, it started with, before the announcement of the, uh, of the investment, which apparently t- took place on the 14th on Valentine's Day, uh, the alliance started to switch over to a new payroll system, and of course, you never want to switch over to a new payroll system when that on a Friday. You don't. There's a general rule in software. I work in software, where you don't push code on a Friday. You don't try to make changes to payroll systems on Fridays. Let's, no, that would be a bad time to do it. That's usually when paychecks come out. Yeah, you're gonna have a bad time, and a bad time did uh, the AAF have? They sure did. So as a result, they forgot the fact that Monday was President's Day, which means holiday, which means banks are closed, which means paychecks don't go out. So everybody panicked. And then all this money rolled in. And as people just assumed that, oh, well, because of the panic, they got a last-minute investor, which is not how things work. No one parts with that much money on a whim. No, definitely not. So as the story goes, the actual... Tom Dundon's investment came through on Thursday, or I'm going to get the days. Thursday is Valentine's Day. Okay, so on Wednesday, no, on Thursday, his on Valentine's Day, his investment went through, but then on Friday is when they switched to the payroll system. Oh. And that's when everything got screwed up. So the investment actually came before the, the glitch. Oh, okay. Which is good. That is good. That backs up the story that we keep hearing from officials. To reassure everyone that there really isn't a problem. So there is no problem with the AAF. There wasn't a problem before. There most certainly isn't now with the finances as they have a minimum of about five years runway now. They do. Which is plenty plenty of time for the uh, the league to gain its its own footing and, and start producing a profit and doing all of the yeah. football things that need to get done mm-hmm. the AF that's a football the thing notice that notice them and everything like that so yes and I think that people just got into a panic so much as because of the failure of previous leagues wouldn't you say Adam of course you wait say that as I'm taking a drink I'm so sorry <laughs> uh, so yeah I, I do think people were ready to just pounce on the league waiting for the league to fail yeah, they were looking at, you know, the failings of the USFL, the XFL, those kinds of things, um, and thinking, you know what, this is just one of those things that isn't going to work out. Absolutely, and I, I really think this league is different, uh, especially with the fact of 
you, they're getting a $250 million investment. That means he's in this for the long haul, even though he's been named the chairman of the league, uh, or of the board of directors for the league. So, Tom Dundon's a smart man. He uh, founded Dr- uh, Drive Time Financial mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the 90s. He did. And we, we both read the, the article by The Ringer, uh, which I'll put in the show notes. The the article goes through like kind of Tom Dundon's history of what he was doing before he owned the Carolina Hurricanes, which he's only owned the Hurricanes for just over a year. Yeah, he was doing a lot of things. And he's he's an investor in Top Golf, like one of the lead investors in Top Golf. Uh huh. And he's get he's also has a golf course in the Dallas area that just hosted the Byron Nelson Classic. He's been getting into sports, and so this this is nothing new to him. No. So, it's it's one of those things where th- this man knows what he's doing. He knows what he's getting into. He's spending a lot of money. Yes, that is a lot of money. He's he's spending basically one Manny Machado. <laughs> one Manny Machado. <laughs> uh, actually, a little bit. This is a, he's getting a discount Manny Machado because Manny Machado went for three hundred million. Oh, okay. Okay, so over ten years. So, but this is a two hundred fifty million dollar investment. So. Definitely a good thing for the league. Everyone can just calm the hell down now. I think so. I think just what we were saying earlier, it just happened that this investment came in, the payroll glitch happened the next day, and people started to think that this was one of those gimmicky um, leagues from before, past years, and thought, oh no, here we go. We've already invested into this team. We've invested into this league. We bought into the idea, and now here it goes. Yeah, and but that's I, not I the case. I understand why people get people are a little bit scared, but it's like you gotta. There are gonna be hiccups because this is essentially a tech company, and if you've watched Silicon Valley, you know that tech companies have hiccups left and right. They do. Technology is always having something going on. And that's a great segue into our next topic. Which is the app. Ooh, the app. I'm so excited about the app. Uh, Lindsay, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. The app has gone through a couple updates now. It has. And I just downloaded them. So I'm going to check it out tomorrow, hopefully, at the game. So we've played with it a little bit. What are your thoughts on the app actually using it now that it's actually working for us? Which, unlike the last time we talked about it, it wasn't working. Right. The first week... Um, it wasn't working. So against the Legends, that game, that week of games there, um, it was not working. If you went on it, um, you could see the scores. You could maybe live stream. I'm not sure. and try to do that. Um, but you could not do the pick-a-play. You could see the little helmets running around, but you couldn't decide, you know, if it was going to be a pass play or if it was going to be a run play or whatever it was, like you were supposed to be able to. Okay, so then the second week rolls around, and we're like, okay, whatever with this app. During the game and during the other games... We decided the- <laughs> to actually try again and just hope that it actually worked. We did. We, were, we still had faith in this app. And I will say that during the Apollos game as well as the other games, um, they played commercial, commercial, commercial about this app. God, it's at the point where I'm, I'm, I'm like, we know about the app already. Guys. We know about Just the app. Stop telling us. They story. were telling you all about the app. I mean, they showed the helmets running around. They showed the picking of the plays. They showed the live stream aspect. 
Uh, and they talked about these Easter eggs that were hidden. I still in the want app. to know where the Easter eggs are. Someone Please, find an Easter someone egg tell and share me on what one of those were, because I went on the app and I was determined to find at least one of these many Easter eggs that they kept saying were out there. So I looked. Um, I didn't see anything other than in the shop. There was a coffee mug, and there was a, a hat that I had not seen before. But new products, I don't think necessarily. But I don't think those are Easter eggs. <laughs> and other than that, I really didn't see anything else. I really I looked at every tab. I don't know. So I didn't see anything, but they were sure pushing them. And at least they got me to go on the app and look for them. That's true. At least so maybe that was their gimmick. <laughs> To raise people going on there and get the numbers up. I don't know. But anyway, it worked because I went on there and I was looking for them. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, the app was working. The only things that I saw and other people were complaining about because I asked about this question on Facebook. Um, people were a little disappointed that the broadcast and the app were not lining up. Yes, so, supposedly they're adju- they're adjusting that for the in this latest update. Yes, yeah, so I did do the update, so I'm hoping that this week when we watch the games, probably on Sunday, um, we'll be able to use it and not see the play before we pick the play or pick the play before we see it. I don't remember if it was yeah, on it's, TV it's first week, or the app. I don't know. It was on the app first because basically the app is a, is almost a full play ahead of the action on TV because of the, the satellite delays and all, all the technology that goes in with that. Okay. With, with broadcast TV. So supposedly they've built in a delay now into the app where it's gonna it won't be a play behind. I hope so because it's more exciting if you're watching it and you see the players lined up and you kind of can feel out what you think it's going to be, if it's a pass or if it's a run, if you think that they're going to get a first down. Um, in the app, you're able to choose pass or run. You could go a little bit further and decide if you think they're going to get a first down, if you think they're going to get a touchdown, and you, you earn points like, for those things. Pass left, pass right. Pass oh, yeah, middle. I forgot about that. You could do left, right, mid, um, and then you can decide a first down, a touchdown, whatever. Um, I did hear a few people say that they would like to see that you could choose um, maybe how many yards someone gets. Um, maybe what receiver you think will get the ball. That would be a nice addition. That would be an interesting thing, maybe for the future. But right now, you can pick pass, run. You can decide if it's left, right, or in the middle. And you can decide if it's a first down or a touchdown. And you get points for that. Speaking and of the points. The points. The points have, have this like leveling system where oh, you, yeah, you the level, level up as you get, gain so many points. Uh-huh. I noticed today when I downloaded the update, it erased my account. Oh, no. I didn't even look. So uh, my account is back to level one rookie. It's it, it no longer has the Apollo's arrow name on it. Oh, no. So uh, that could be a fun little glitch that everyone's going to wake up to when they up, download the app. That is if, no fun. If they've been playing along the whole time and it, it's actually been working, that's, right. that's a really bad glitch to basically had- erase someone's game. Right. Like, I haven't played with it that much, but I think I was on, like, level 7 or 8, and I wasn't a rookie anymore. I was a starter. Um, so I'm going to be a little upset if that got erased. But you know what? If it's working and it's more interactive and fun and 
more caught up with the TV, I think people might be more into it. And then some people just weren't into it at all. They just want to watch the game. They don't want to pick plays. They don't care about that. Um, But most people thought that it was relatively cool, even if you were just using it to stream or check the score, Um, maybe not even just playing the interactive game part. Where I think this is really going to get interesting, though, is that this is supposedly only like the first phase of what they're doing with this real-time gaming app that eventually, and obviously only in states where it's going to be legal, you're gonna, you aren't just going to be guessing the play or guessing the, uh, the result of the play. You're going to be betting on it. Oh, yeah. That's coming. And by betting on it, that's going to revolutionize the way like pe- people having a reason to watch this league. And it's why MGM is so heavily invested in the league because they know that if you've got a whole bunch of people in Vegas betting not just on the, the outcome of a game but the outcome of a single play, there's so much money to be made there. That, that is true. This could, And it's like people are saying, well, why is the championship game in Vegas? While I completely disagree with the decision to put the championship game in Vegas, that is why. It's the gambling mecca of the United States. Not That's just, why. Pretty much of the world, other than well, maybe yeah, okay. some parts of China. I'll go with that. But it's it's kind of amazing how how much it's all tied together, and now we're starting to see the rollout of it. And it, it, what's also, of course, interesting is how iffy it's been, because it's completely not worked for some of us. Um, now it erases your game. Like if it's erasing bets, that could definitely become a huge problem. Oh, I hope they get That's that fixed that then. They're they're gonna have to fix. Yes. So. I wouldn't be surprised if actually in-game, like, actual betting doesn't probably come until maybe the championship game. Yeah, I would think they would hold off on that and make sure that the app was working wonderfully before they're going to get money involved. Exactly. Because once you once you involve other people's money, that's something I, I've, I've learned from my my day job building websites. Is That's why I, try to, I tend to stay, steer clear of e-commerce. For that specific reason, because when you start involving other people's money, everything, the stakes just get that much higher, and it's th- it's so much more stress. It is. So I can't imagine what the uh, developers of the app and the, the tech people behind the alliance are going through right now as far as trying to figure out all these different bugs and figure out how the app works and all that. It's It's got to be incredibly stressful, but kudos to them for continuously pushing out a... a a somewhat quality product mm-hmm. that is getting better over time. That's the most important part. Is it's it's not how many times you fall down; it's how many times you get back up. Right. So they they've they've stumbled a few times, but they they keep pushing out new updates and they do. It seems like we're we're getting new updates every week, which is a very good sign. That is a good sign, and I was happy that in the second week, it was way way better than the first week. The first week it just wasn't working. Period. The second week. I was able to choose some plays. There was a TV delay, so it was a little weird when I'm watching the game and I haven't seen the play yet, and I'm picking a play that already happened. I don't know. It was weird. Um, But anyway, I was still able to use it and see sort of how it worked. So I'm hoping that this week is going to be a little more lined up with the TV broadcast and it won't be as weird. And we'll also be able to test out, because supposedly not only are they putting in a delay, they're putting in an option to, to mark that you're actually at the game. Oh. So we'll be able to test this out tomorrow night during uh, during the Apollo's Express game where y- you can actually s- say I'm 
at the game so that therefore don't give me a delay so Lindsay will be able to test that out while I'm taking pictures make sure that we we get a, a feel for how that works as well so yeah we definitely want to check that out and let you guys know how that works so we'll be back next next week earlier than usual because that's because that's, that's our, our next topic. part of our show we are we have joined the alternative football news network oh my goodness that is exciting to uh, bring this podcast uh, to a much larger audience really excited about it it's gonna give a lot more people a chance to hear the quiver and hear our, myself and Lindsay's thoughts on the Apollos and what's going on with the league and all of that it's gonna start next week. We're gonna gonna be on on Wednesdays at six p.m. Eastern. Yay! So make sure you guys tune in. We're gonna have a new a new format to the show. We're gonna gonna change things up a little bit. Not so much rambling as I tend to do. So we're gonna try to format it a little bit more like an actual radio show. Ooh, we're gonna be more professional. We're gonna we're gonna try. Oh, okay. We're gonna try. I'm as trying my, as my here. My friend Jerry Daniels at ESPN likes to say, "We're gonna try <laughs> to be professional." Ah, well, trying, giving some effort, that's what counts, right? Exactly, that's what matters. (laughs) Alrighty, so let's go ahead and talk about what happened in week two. Oh my goodness, what happened in week two? What happened, what, you see, what what had happened was... What had happened is... The Apollos won. Yay! That's the important part. That is the most important part. It was a little ugly. Uh, It was. Especially in the beginning. In my case, at least on the uh, the defensive side, I thought. Me too. I got a little wordy on Facebook and um, got some backlash, but I'm so sorry. Lindsay learned the hard way not to. uh, (laughs) And this is partially my fault because I I looked at it and I I said out loud, I was like, that's the game right there. I know. And then I thought, you know what? It is. And the play that kind of determined. And the play specifically in question was the strip sack of Garrett Gilbert where Joey Mbu picks up. The ball bounces like. I forget who actually sacked Gilbert, but Joey Mbu is the one who picks up the ball because it bounces right in. It almost like it was scripted. It was kind of amazing. It was like, like the the ball bounces backwards, right and pops up right into his hands in stride, and he just walks right into the end zone. Yeah. And at that point, the Apollos were down twelve again. Mm-hmm. They had already come back from down, being down twelve once, and it was just one of those. It seemed like a a mountain they couldn't climb. I, I really didn't think they were going to be able to climb again, but they did. They did, and I'm sorry, friends, I lost the faith for just a second, but I'm not going to do that again. So you won't be hearing from Lindsay uh, anymore about as far as, uh, no. that, as far as that's concerned. She's going to keep no. her in-game Facebook updates to a minimum. That's week. right. I'm not going to say much. So... But let's get back to let's getting back to the actual uh, game against the Commanders. Man, it it looked rough at the beginning just because we couldn't ma- we couldn't make a stop on defense. It's kind of what happened in the first game. It is. It, they they I thought you know after that first drive that we it's it's like okay we're just kind of getting our feet under us. It's first game on the road, different team, a much better team. Mm-hmm. But then the second drive happens and we're we're struggling with our tackling. Kenneth Farrow just goes absolute beast mode on a couple of plays. He did. He was really good in that game. 13 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown, which thankfully most of that came in the first half. Yes. When is when he was really dominating and we just couldn't quite get it together. However, in the second half, 
when things looked at looked to be at their worst, the defense really stepped it up. They did, and that was a huge part of how this game ended up playing out because it was kind of a, a, a very much a back and forth on the offensive side. Anything you can do, I can do better kind of situation. Yes. Especially from Garrett Gilbert, who was just chucking the ball deep on, it seemed like, every play. He was. He was throwing the ball really far. I think he had, I think it was, th- in total he had three, 393 yards, uh, 393 yards passing for only two touchdowns. Um, but I think three of his completions each went for 50-plus yards. Yeah, that's, like, amazing. So that was a huge, huge part of the game. And at one point I, I made the comment that, you know, it seems like Spurrier's uh, offensive strategy for it is just just chuck it and hope. But it worked. It did Usually, work. you know, that's like backyard football where when we were playing as kids where we would just uh, – every play was just – just go. It was just a hail mary for let's hope this works. <laughs> and on one on one play, we got lucky with a uh, a pass a defensive pass interference call that kept a drive alive. That just it didn't seem like it, things were going to work out, and then they did, and that's what helped spur on a, a touchdown drive. So the the important part was that the Apollos never gave in. They kept going. We actually were pretty successful on our two point conversions. Yes, we were. That was a huge part of the game. Um, but really the play of the game came on defense and it's what earned him the, the defensive player of the week honor. It was amazing. Keith Reeser jumps in front of a Logan Woodside pass is a hard, it's a, it's a tough pass to complete in general, but it's one that you see, it's like the classic pick six. The ball's on like the 30 yard line, the receiver runs an out route, the the quarterback tries to throw it across his body. And just the, the defender jumps in front of it, and there's no one there to stop him. There was nobody there to stop him. And that was a, a great thing to see. It, it, it's what sealed the game up because at that point the game was tied with about seven minutes left. It looked like the commanders were going to drive down the field and score again. So great win for the Apollos. There, you know, there were definitely some things that we could have done better. We could have uh, pass protected better against the... the uh, Commander's very, very good defense. Yes. Um, ultimately, we had, I think it was, team-wise, we had 362 yards passing, which is below Gilbert's total for the specific reason of he got sacked four times for a total of 31 yards lo- lost, including that touchdown. That was a huge, huge part of the game. Uh, we've got to protect be- protect better, and that's going to play heavily into the game against Memphis, where Memphis early on again in their game against the Arizona Hotshots caused a lot of problems in part because uh, Arizona was playing with uh, two new ta- uh, starting tackles. But that, be- that being said, they ended up protecting pretty well for the, for the sec- throughout the second half. That We'll get into that in a little bit later. The, it, it's, what's going to be really important is that the Apollos pass protect heavily. If that means leaving in a, a, uh, a back... Leaving in an extra, bringing in an extra tight end, whatever it's going to take to keep that five-man pass pass rush of the Express down to an as absolute minimum, to give Gilbert the time to throw deep because clearly when he throws deep, our receivers are going to get it, and we're going to score a lot of points. Yes, and the fans love a lot of points. So, other highlights of the game include Darius Johnson, who came alive. The, the Apollos couldn't could not run the ball to save their lives. 
for most of the game, but then Ernest Johnson in that last drive just absolutely went off. Uh, he had ended up with eight total carries, 57 yards, an average of 7.1. That's the second week in a row that the Apollos have had a, a running back with an average of over seven yards per carry. Uh, his long it was a 19-yard carry that pretty much iced the game for the Apollos. And had that not happened, there's a good chance that the Commanders get the ball back. And with the the rate of the, they were they were scoring at and the way they were throwing the ball down the field as well, they had an opportunity to to come back again. And Darren Johnson just absolutely sealed off the game for us. Uh, a couple other. Notes, um, Akeem Hunt did not play well uh, after having a very good game uh, against the Atlanta Legends. He had almost 75 yards against the Legends. He had just two carries for negative four yards and a drop pass. Oh. That's that's not the kind of a, a performance that we expected out of Akeem Hunt. No. So we expect more. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see who gets the ball a lot early on in this, in this game against Memphis because... Clearly, Ernest Johnson has has earned the right to, to carry the ball more. Akeem Hunt, because he's struggled with, uh, particularly in the passing game, will be interesting to see if how many passes he gets. Um, I'd like to see them if they are going to keep going to him, get him going early. Put you know, not just in the run game, but in the pass, passing game as well. But he's got to catch the ball. At, the, at this point, he's had, he has three drops. And that's just not acceptable from a running back who spent a lot of time in the NFL. He knows how to catch the ball, and yet for whatever reason, he just hasn't been able to. And it's it's one of those things that when you when you have a drop, it 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 can kill a drive, especially if it comes on third down. So we're expecting a lot more out of Akeem Hunt because uh, his performance against San Antonio just wasn't good enough. No, definitely not. Someone whose performance was good enough, though, was wide receiver Charles Johnson, who just absolutely exploded. He was amazing. For his 10 targets, he had 7 receptions for 192 yards, which is a league oh, record. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the longest one was a 54-yarder uh, that's kind of kicked off the whole we're going to chuck it deep and you just are just going to have to stop us trend that the uh, Apollos went with. And, 39, and he also had 39 yards after the catch, which that's a, a huge stat, Lindsay, as far as he didn't just catch it and get tackled right away. Yeah. 39 yards after the catch is a lot, which means he's streaking down the field. He's making good plays. So kudos to Charles Johnson. I uh, thought he deserved uh, some acknowledgement for Offensive Player of the Week, but that was actually ended up being won by Garrett Gilbert, who more than deserved it as well, so it's not like... He did. He did chuck the ball down there to get it to him. Absolutely. So receivers can't can't do much without their quarterbacks. And for Gilbert to go 19 of 28 for 30, 393 yards, that's, that's one hell of a game. That is. So moving on, what are the keys to, the vi- keys to victory for the Apollos against the 0-2 Memphis Express? We talked about it a little bit. They've got to protect the quarterback. Gilbert they absolutely have to. Gilbert was sacked four times. We can't have him being sacked that many that many times against a very good Memphis defense. No. Who only allowed 20 points against the Arizona Hotshots, who had put up 37 the previous week. Or was it 38? One point doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, the, the, whole point, the whole point, there we go, 
of, of this is that Memphis has a very good defense. They just have an atrocious offense, and that's why they ultimately ended up losing against Arizona. Because mm-hmm. we'd be having a very different conversation about power rankings and everything this week. I think the way to attack the Memphis defense is, again, to throw the ball deep. Because it did look like, especially in the second half, that they were susceptible to the deep ball. But in order for Gary Gilbert to throw the deep ball, he's going to need time. Our receivers are fast. They're probably the fastest group of receivers in the league, mm-hmm. even without Marvin Bracey. But he, every quarterback needs time to throw, and that's ultimately what's going to win this game for the Apollos, is that battle along the line of scrimmage is going to be huge for the Apollos, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Now on defense... The, uh, that's the other clear advantage we have because we have a very good defense as well and we need to really show up and prove that as good as the defense is for the Express, we're the better defense. The best way to do that is to force Christian Hackenberg out of the game. And while that may seem like an odd approach where you want the starting quarterback out of the game, starting quarterbacks leaving the game because of injury or that sort of thing are usually a good thing for a team. But And it may actually, in the Express's case, make them a better team because I don't think that Hackenberg should be their starter anymore. But Zach Mettenberg is going to be the backup for this week, and he's been the third-string guy the first two weeks for a reason. Apparently he's he's been injured, and he's also uh, apparently not played very well. The fact that he was beaten out by Hackenberg, and Hackenberg has played so poorly. So it's going to be really interesting to see the matchup between the defense and Christian Hackenberg. Uh, Mike, Coach Mike Singletary of the Express has already said that he's not he's not going to hesitate to pull Hackenberg if it's absolutely necessary, but he's not going to have a quick trigger either. It's gonna he's going to have to show that he's really going to be ineffective, and the best way to do that is by a stifling defense. I really think that our defense can force Hackenberg out of the game and put a less exper- or a more experienced but less seasoned as far as the AAF is concerned, Zach Mettenberger, into the spotlight, and I think he'll struggle as well and just reveal just how much of a, uh, for lack of a better word, dumpster fire <laughs> the uh, Express offense is because they are just really not good except for one thing, and that's running back Zach Stacy. Yes. And we've seen now that between Kenneth Farrow... Marquise Williams, the the quarterback when he was in, ran for 32 yards on just three carries. Aaron Green ran for 19 yards. Logan Woodside actually ran for 18 yards. Uh, We struggle sometimes against good running backs. And although we have yet to allow a 100-yard rusher, Zach Stacey was the first 100-yard rusher in the league. So it'll be interesting to see if he can, will Memphis probably go to him a lot? And we need to shut down that run to force them into throwing the ball and obvious r- passing decisions because that's where, again, Hackenberg is going to struggle. He's yet to throw the ball downfield in either of the two games he's played in the AAF. He just, I don't know if he's afraid to. I don't know if they're afraid of what's going to happen if he does. But they just haven't called the plays. Maybe the, the receivers have just been covered. I don't know exactly what the reason is that he hasn't thrown the ball deep. But even when it was 4th and 20, he was still checking it off to a, to his uh, running back or to his tight end and hoping they were going to break for a big 
big gain, and that's just not a recipe for success for the Express. And I think the Apollos have a have a much better shot of because I think the Apollos have a better defense than the Hotshots did. And if the Hotshots can shut shut down Hackenberg, I think then the Apollos can more than more than do it themselves as well. We've got one more topic to discuss, and that's something that normally we would talk about this during the news segment, but we kind of forgot about it. And through the magic of editing, we could put it back in, but let's have some fun and uh, change things up a little bit before we change formats of the show completely. Lindsay, you had one last thing you wanted to talk about with the uh, Meet the Apollos event uh, that we went to this week. Yes, um, I believe it was on Tuesday, right? Yes, on Tuesday. We went to the Meet Apollos, Meet the Apollos event at the Ace Cafe in downtown Orlando, and it was really cool. They had lots of players there. Like, how many would you say? Like twenty? Twenty? Um, yeah, like twenty players, and they were all sitting there. Um, they had a little nameplate so that you would know who they were, which was helpful for me because you know me and names, I don't know. Um, but anyway, you could talk to them, you could get your picture taken with them, you could get something signed if you had something. I unfortunately forgot to bring anything to sign, so that, that's bad on me. But, um, I got my picture taken with a whole bunch of them, and I was very excited about it. Yeah, so, it was a lot of fun. It's uh, It was a season ticket holder only event. We are season ticket holders. So we are. Even though we spend our time in the press box, we have season tickets as well. And we definitely recommend that you become season ticket holders. Uh, it's probably a little late for this game unless, I don't know if the box office will be up, um, or if the ticket office will be open in the morning. Probably not. Uh, but I'm sure they'll have a special where you can get the last three games of the season for a really good price Especially if it, if we put up forty again, they put uh, they did a uh, special this week where it was because we put up forty, you pay forty, kind of deal. Definitely become season ticket holders so you can get access to these exclusive events. Yeah, the events are really cool. They bring lots of players. They have a lot of exclusive um, freebies. They had the orange cup. We finally right, got, we got the orange, orange cups. cups. So I'm so excited about that. Um, They've had koozies and pens, and they have drawings and all kinds of really cool things, and they really make you feel special to be part of something. Whether you're paying for a really expensive seat or one of the cheap seats, as long as you're a season ticket holder, you get to go to these really cool events. So it's worth checking out. So definitely, again, become a season ticket holder. We highly recommend it. It's definitely a lot of fun. And it makes you really feel like you're part of something. And that's all the time we have for tonight. Be sure to check us out on the Alternative Football News Network when we switch over next week. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Really excited about that partnership. So make sure you check that out. That's going to be very cool. But make sure that you also check us out on our website if you listen that way. Absolutely. We'll still be posting there as well. So check out the, again, check out the Alternative Football News Network and still check us out on ApolloZero.com. Have a good one. Have a good night.